Good morning. My name's Gracie, and I'm one of the pastors here at Treach, and I am glad that you showed up this spring break, end, you know, end of spring break, and it's cold, and you showed up. Good job, everybody. I'm proud of you. And I'm glad that you're here and you chose to worship with us. Um, we are in the middle of our Lent series called I Am Jesus. Jesus makes seven statements throughout the book of John um, that are directly about his identity. So that also reveals exactly about God's identity. So Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. And today we're talking about when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. But before we get into that, I wanna ask y'all if you would remind me next year to tell Daniel, I cannot preach the week that March Madness starts. Um, because I usually wrap up my message around Thursday afternoon, and guys, that's when the game started, and I did not finish my message Thursday afternoon. Um, but March Madness and the basketball tournament, if you don't know what I'm referring to, is the college basketball tournament, 68 teams. Um, my family has been um, doing this bracket competition since as long as I can remember. Um, just good old family rivalry stuff with about, you know, it's the only time we get together all year. Come on, it's just family fun. And um, it's just fun to see all the teams that, you know, nobody's expecting to win, teams you never heard of, or, you know, all of a sudden beating Purdue and beating uh, Arizona out of nowhere. And you're like, now I'm for this team that I didn't even know existed, and look how happy the players are. They're so motivated. They just love basketball so much. They love each other. Oh, it's just so moving. And then the coaches, oh my gosh, the coaches are half the show. I mean, it depends. Tom Izzo, you know, snaps the clipboard and half, like on Thursday's game, I think. And then you have the other ones who are just quiet, they don't say a thing, and they just stand there, or they sit there even, they pace the sidelines, um, but other coaches did the opposite of that yesterday, if you watched Kansas and Arkansas, I, it's lunchtime entertainment, um, so look that up after, um, but I always wonder that throughout the game, how the players can focus on the coach's voice, because the coaches obviously the most important voice they want to be listening to, right? And that whole stadium filled with fans, thousands of fans. You have the basketball, or you have the cheerleaders and the bands on both sides. You have the mascots and the college kids fans who show up are insane. How can they filter out all those noises to hear the one voice that really matters? How are they able to do that? I always wonder how they're able to filter out the voices that they can't trust as much for the one that they know they should trust. And I think that's a lot like us trying to follow God, of all the voices in our lives that are distracting us and telling us things that we should do, that we should be, that where our family should be by now and where, um, where we should work, what we should do with our money. All the voices in our lives are surrounding us and trying to tell us things and distract us. And they distract us from the one voice that really matters, the one voice that we know we trust, but sometimes it 
gets drowned out by all the other voices and sounds around us. Because we, we are like sheep, and we are all letting something be our shepherd. The question is, who or what are you letting be your shepherd? I think it's really easy for us to let money or our way of life, our lifestyle, become our shepherd. It's maintaining that lifestyle is the most important thing. That's how we make all our decisions about, if I, am I going to be able to keep living, you know, in this nice house, nice car? I need the vacation. I need the nice clothes. Is, is that what's guiding your decisions or that at the forefront, your, your biggest concern? But I, I think it's also easy to make work or our bosses, school, it's easy to make that our shepherd, because if, if our work is our shepherd, then, then our boss, what, what our boss thinks, that's the most important thing. That's the most important person we need to please. What they think about how we should make this decision, about how we should lead our lives, about how we should lead this meeting, what they think, what the boss thinks, that's the most important thing. Or maybe it's that you have unhealthy work boundaries or non-existent work boundaries. You're checking your email. There's no time of day you won't respond to an email from work or answer a call from your boss. It's easy to let our boss be our shepherd, but I think politics, political leaders, politicians, I think we let them be our shepherds a lot. That a certain person or political party their point of view becomes our point of view. What they think about that thing we didn't even know existed, that's our opinion now too. What they said, their opinion on those people that we don't even know, that's our opinion now too. The thing is, we, we all have a shepherd that we follow, whether we realize it or not. There's a voice that is guiding most of your decisions. There's a voice that's loudest for you. But there's only one good shepherd. Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. When Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he's not just he's not saying that he's morally good. That is true. But what he's saying is that I am the true shepherd. That everything a shepherd should be, I am that. And what that is, is somebody who lays down their life for the sheep. I am the one model shepherd. And Jesus says four times in these seven verses that the shepherd lays down his, that he lays down his life for the sheep. And usually when Jesus says something a lot in a short period of time, it's good to pay attention to those. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, 
who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. There are other voices and influences in our life. Jesus recognizes that. Jesus knows that there's all the, band, the sound of the band and the fans and the cheerleaders, that, that all those voices are there. Jesus says, I know that there are other people trying to lead you. That's not why I said I'm the shepherd. That's why he says I'm the good shepherd. There are lots of voices that try to lead. Other shepherds, they can do the job of leading sheep. but they don't do what a good shepherd does, what the good shepherd does, which is lay down his life for the sheep. Because the other shepherds, when a, when a wolf comes, they run away. Now this, this isn't that fir- the first comparison in scripture about good shepherds versus not good shepherds. Um, in Ezekiel 34, I think, Somebody said it out there. Um, Ezekiel 34, yes, good job. God calls out the leaders of Israel for not being good shepherds, for not caring for their sheep, for looking out for their own good and not for the sheep's, for protecting themselves and not the sheep, for taking advantage of the sheep. Just like the hired hands that Jesus says, they look out for their own safety not for the sheeps. In Ezekiel 34, God says that instead, you know what? God's gonna be their shepherd. God's gonna be the shepherd of Israel because that's the shepherd that Israel needs. God will rescue the sheep and gather them and bind up the injured. In verses 15 and 16, God says, I myself will be the shepherd of the sheep. I will make them lie down says the Lord God, I will seek the lost, I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. So by saying that he is the good shepherd, Jesus is fulfilling this promise that God made hundreds of years ago to Israel that he would be their good shepherd. Jesus is saying, yeah, I, that's me. I'm, I'm the good shepherd, and I'm, I'm going to do all those things. I'm going to bind up the broken, and I'm going to lead them into pastures. That's me. But Jesus, as you know, says one more thing, that he's going to lay his life for the sheep, too. Laying down his life for the sheep is what makes him the good shepherd. I'm curious, whose who's welfare is, is priority for the politician, your favorite one? Because the good shepherd's is yours, not himself. And does your money look out for you at all costs? Because the good shepherd does. Is your work 
really is at work? Is, is your spiritual and whole well-being their priority above all else? Because it's the good shepherds. And there are many who would claim that they would sacrifice themselves. But when push comes to shove, the hired hand runs away. Again, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Everything that Jesus reveals about himself reveals God. By calling himself the good shepherd, Jesus actually inherently links us to God because by identifying as a good shepherd, as a shepherd, Shepherds have to have sheep to be a shepherd. It's part of the identity of a shepherd to have sheep. And if God is saying, I am a shepherd, that means it's part of God's identity to be in relationship with us. It's part of God's identity to lay down God's own life for us. Jesus says, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus says, there are sheep that will come to this flock because they they recognize my voice. Jesus was talking about the non-Jewish people who hadn't been waiting for a Messiah for hundreds and thousands of years. He's saying there are actually other people who need this love and compassion too, and they respond to my voice. They belong here too. Because what defines a, she a sheep is the shepherd that they listen to, the voice that they listen to. And Jesus says, actually, everybody belongs in my flock. They all listen to my voice. They all respond to this voice of love. We, we know we, we respond to love. That's a voice we wanna listen to, is love, a voice of love and forgiveness and mercy. That's a voice that we all want to listen to. One flock and one shepherd. Unity has always been Jesus' goal. Jesus says, for this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life for the sheep in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. 
I have received this command from my Father. And therein lies what makes Jesus the only good shepherd that no other leader could possibly ever dream of. Not only does Jesus lay down his life for his sheep, but Jesus takes it up again. Jesus resurrects himself for us. That's what a good shepherd does, and only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can willingly lay down his life and willingly take it up again for the sake of his sheep. Money could never. Politicians could never. Your boss, people at work, your, your teachers, their school could never. Only Jesus, only Jesus can, and only Jesus did. There are many shepherds, but there's only one good shepherd. We should make the shepherd of our lives the one who can lay down his life and take it up again. Jesus is the good shepherd, and we are his sheep. But how well do we follow his voice? You know, shepherds make distinct marks on their sheep to designate them as their own. Jesus is no different. Jesus says later in in John, only a few chapters later, after he's washed the disciples' feet, In chapter 13, Jesus says, So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. And just a few verses later in 34 and 35, he says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. So you should love one another. By this... This is the distinction that everyone will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. It's our love for others. It's serving others that helps people know who our shepherd is. Not being right, not criticizing, not excluding, not making it harder for people to follow Jesus, but by our love and by our service. That's what distinguishes us as sheep of the Good Shepherd. I guess as sheep of the Good Shepherd, we we have responsibility to be good sheep, right? And to make sure that we're following this voice of our shepherd because that's, that's what defines us. That's, that's, who t- that's the voice that we listen to as, our sh- as sheep. The voice that we listen to is our shepherd. And if we want Jesus, the one true good shepherd, to be our shepherd, we need to be able to recognize his voice. And in order to do that, 
might have to start making some changes. Because I know if you're like me, you pray, God, just, God, would you just speak louder? I can't hear you. And maybe what God has been telling me, I know what God has been telling me this whole time is maybe make other things quieter. <laughs> maybe stop following those people on Instagram. Maybe get rid of Instagram altogether. Maybe don't be friends with those people anymore. Maybe turn off the news. Maybe don't listen to the boss this way. Or there are things that we might have to do in order to make the voice of the good shepherd the loudest voice in our lives. Jesus didn't say that was going to be easy, but I certainly think that it'd be worth it. Will you pray with me? Loving God, you are our good shepherd. We praise you for that. We praise you that you're a voice of love and forgiveness and mercy. God, we want that to be the loudest voice in our lives, but sometimes it becomes quieter compared to everything else going on around us. God, it can be really, really hard for us to focus on that voice, on your voice. God, would you empower us by your spirit to get rid of the voices, other voices in our lives, to make yours the loudest by taking up scripture or praying to you more often, God, whatever it is that will make us more aware of your voice, I pray by your power, you would help us to do that. God, I pray that everyone in this room can know the sound of your love, the sound of your care and forgiveness and that that becomes the voice in all of our lives. It's in your name we pray, amen.